You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So, um, pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm still in the process of combing through the news and notes, but as I said yesterday, the good news is this seems very straightforward. Um, the details, as I can tell, um, at least the major details have not really changed so much. Um, couple things I maybe left out. I found, uh, thanks to Ryan, sent me one little thing from Ian, which was pretty awesome. Um, well, I mean, just awesome in terms of I appreciate him sending it to me. But um, otherwise, man, it wasn't a dream. Woke up, same thing. He's still, he, he's still, still here. He's still gone. We still get a first and a second. We still have uh, a bunch of cap space. And um, as far as I can tell, everything's still just peachy. You know, you know what's just funny about this whole cap space thing to me? Um, you look at all the stuff that's happened and it's, by the way, if you want to help me out on Twitter, I'll, I'll be, uh, we've got, um, some family stuff to take care of, uh, today. Um, so I'll be out a little bit, but you know, I'll be, I'll be around again. If you want to help me out, just tag me in some stuff. If you see any opinions from NFC North rivals from, you know, Florio, we can call him an NFC North rival. Let me know because it's been awfully quiet and it's interesting because, I would have expected a whole lot of boom, ha ha, you guys are going to suck. No, I haven't seen it. Maybe I just missed it because, I mean, there's been obviously a massive amount of Packers takes. There's been a massive a lot of just general um, takes from the media. I mean, it's just my, my, my Twitter has been crowded. Let's just say that. But the funny thing about it is the only thing that Bears fans, and again, the only reason I keep picking on Bears fans, I'm sorry, Bears fans. I know most, 90% of you guys are cool. I get that. And sometimes I get that message like, dude, you guys, you hammer us all the time about like a small percentage of Bears fans. And I'm not like that. And it's like, I get it, dude. I'm just, you know. But the only reason I'm doing it is because Bears fans are the loudest. I just, I don't see Vikings fans as much. I had a lot of fun the last couple of years just completely trashing Vikings fans and having no interest in talking about Bears fans until Justin Fields got drafted and then they started getting chirpy. And now that they thought Rodgers was gone, they get even louder and they just stayed loud. So I'm just saying Bears fans because it's just what's in front of me right now. I'm not going to fight the guy just sitting on his couch like, hey, what's up, dude? Punch right in the face. That's not fair. That's not very nice. He's not doing anything. But the only thing Bears fans have been chirping about is, um, first of all, it was haha, you know, Rodgers and Devontae are all gone and you guys are going to suck. And then Rodgers came back, and everybody started to come back with the exception of Zadarius, but he wasn't here last year. So there's nothing really for them to sink their teeth into. And so they switched their tactics to, yeah, well, now you're doomed. Your future is ruined. Rodgers is going to retire after like a year or two, and then your salary cap is destroyed. And with one move, we have the 11th most salary cap space in the entire NFL. The Bears have gutted their entire team. They have moved on from everybody. Danny Trevathan is gone. Eddie Goldman is gone. Akeem Hicks is gone. Um, Khalil Mack is gone. Uh, the, their guard, uh, did it do, do Daniels is gone. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to just shuffle through. I think he was a free agent anyways, but I mean, they, they have gutted everybody, everybody. And so they, for that 
sacrifice. They're sitting at $31.196 million in free cap space, which is $9 million more than we have. They have $9 million more. Think about this for a second now. Think about this, honestly. They're not paying a quarterback. Who are they paying? Who are they paying? They're sitting at only $31 million with zero talent on that team. It's a little bit unfair, but who's the superstar? Who's their David Bakhtiari? Who's their Kenny Clark? Who's their Aaron Rodgers? In terms of, of guys that they're paying. They don't have them. They're paying $17 million to Robert Quinn. I know he had a good year last year. They're massively overpaying him. They're paying Eddie Jackson $15 million. That stupid Eddie Jackson is a bum. They're paying Cody Whitehair $12.3 million. Another guy that had like one good year, and I think it was his rookie year. Ever since, he hasn't been great. Nick Foles is sitting at $10.6 million. Roquan Smith is sitting at 9.7, overrated. Justin Fields, as far as I can tell, is the next highest paid guy at 4.2. So where's all their money? It's all dead money. Now, this is where they get really excited. Yeah, but next year, all that dead money's gone, and then we're rich. Okay, but rich just means you suck. Because remember, if you have good players, you have to pay them, unless they're on rookie contracts. But as far as I can tell, you don't have too many of those. There might be a couple. Justin Fields is not one of them, at least not yet. David Montgomery is. And it's going to be hilarious when you have to pay that guy. And you're going to have to, because... No question, he's going to be looking for a lot of money. And as much as the Bears are probably going to lean on this guy and as much as they're dependent on him, if he says, I would like, you know, I promise we're going to get back to the Packers. I'm just just trying to draw that comparison between how amazing this is between the Bears saying we're going to completely gut this team so that we free up all this money so that we can help to rebuild and where the Packers are. The Packers have all the talent. How many draft picks did we have to get up, give up to, to get, acquire this talent? You think about the Bears when they went out and got Khalil Mack and Allen Robinson and all these guys, they ended up with no picks. You look at the Rams, and listen, the Rams, they did a good job, and they finally hit. They, they got lucky. They, they, you know, it's not exactly luck, but lots of teams do this. They give up all these picks to get all these players, and what did it cost them? It cost them everything. They pay massive amounts of money. They have no money left over. They have no draft picks. The Rams have not used a first-round draft pick in like a decade. I don't know. It's been a long time, five years, something. The Packers have acquired all this talent. They keep paying everybody over and over and over and over. They have too much talent, and we're sitting here going, I don't know how you pay all this talent. We have the 11th most most cap space. We have two first-round picks. We have two second-round picks. We have two fourth-round picks because of a uh, compensatory pick thanks to some, I think, like Corey Lindsley leaving or something. We also get an additional seventh because of Jamal. We have like three of those, but as you know, I couldn't care less. I couldn't care less if we own the entire seventh round. I might get a little excited be like, all right, we might get like one and a half guys out of that. Way more excited about free agency than I am the seventh round. It's kind of like the third round of, of day three for me. But anyways, we paid everybody. We paid everybody. We didn't do anything crazy. We, we, we never listened to the calls to trade first, second, third round picks for, for this one random person, that one random person. Because again, I understand the Rams did it last year and that's cool. But what's not mentioned when talking about the Rams are the seven, eight, nine other teams who completely gave away everything and got nothing. And the Bears are a perfect example. That was a GM whose entire strategy was based on, forget these picks, forget this money, let's just get the best players. Let's get Allen Robinson, let's get Khalil Mack. And they did that with a bunch of other guys. And when they weren't doing that for other guys, they were trading up in, in the draft to get you know guys that they considered as 
you know, value guys that were falling or whatever. I mean, they they traded up when they had no picks in the world. They traded up to get their running back. Then they trade up to get their quarterback. Then they trade up to get their offensive tackle. This guy hated picks more than anything. And what did it get him? They're cutting everybody. They're gutting this garbage franchise and they have $30 million to speak for and no first round pick. And they have that to try to build around this guy. And by build, I mean backfill all the positions that they're gutting. And they only have $30 million. Their only claim to fame is that next year they've got like $130 million in cap space or something stupid, which again, they're not going to have next year. Remember, again, David Montgomery is in the final year of his contract, and he was not a first-round pick, so he will not be getting a fifth-year option. And his big contract is not going to be a cap savings because he's just gone after this year. So no matter what it is that you're signing the guy to, remember, Ezekiel Elliott, $15 million. Alvin Kamara got $15 million. And that guy wasn't even, I mean, he's not like a premier number one, he's our guy back. He's kind of a one-two punchy guy. Christian McCaffrey, $16 million. And so you can say, well, he's not Christian McCaffrey. Fine, but he's David Montgomery. And the Bears are going to pretend he is Christian McCaffrey. Plus, we're talking about several years removed from Christian McCaffrey signing it. So even if you say, well, he's not worth 16, he's worth 14, fine, but add in inflation, he's getting a minimum of 16. And if you're at 16, I promise you, he's going to say, I want highest paid running back money. Give me 16.5. And so it begins. Now we're going to shave $8 million off of this cap. Remember, you just signed Larry Ogunjobi to a three-year $40.5 million deal. So that's going to cost you. And again, we're not talking about guys that I'm scared of. You know, when we talk about Aaron Rodgers coming back and, and the, the cap implications and all that, the cap implications are, are a concern, but the, but the return is Aaron Rodgers. When you talk about Devontae, you know, if he leaves, it's, it helps the cap, but if he stays, you're talking about Devontae. When we talk about guys that, that are going to impact our cap, we're talking about David Bakhtiari. We're talking about, you know, Jair Alexander. You're talking about Rashawn Gary. You're talking about Kenny Clark. Who are the Bears talking about? Robert Quinn, Eddie Jackson, Cody Whitehair, and Nick Foles. Those are the guys making 10 million plus. I'm not scared of one of those guys. Maybe Robert Quinn a little bit because he went off last year and we've seen him spike a couple times, but Eddie Jackson has done jack squat. Cody Whitehair has done jack squat. Nick Foles is your backup quarterback who might even be your best quarterback, but it doesn't matter because I'm not scared of him either way, whether he's playing or sitting doesn't matter and at the end of the day all that matters is it's not even so much cap space because space doesn't really do you any good having money sitting on the side doesn't do you any good at the end of the day you want as little money as possible but you want the money that is allocated to players which you want maximum money allocated to players which means very little money on hand and also very little dead cap money that's the only way you have the majority of your money on players But then you want to be salary cap dollar efficient, which means if we're spending big money, it better be on big players. On top of that, we need to have small money on good players as well, because you you have to have some of that. And that's where having picks comes into play. Number one, being very good at drafting. Number two, having picks. If you don't have that, you cannot round out the bottom end of your roster with cheap talent. The only other way to do that is to get, you know, really cheap free agents who come in and dominate, which almost never happens unless your name is Brian Gutekunst and you just continually find guys that you just keep bringing in and they just keep dominating. And I don't know how you do it, but you just keep doing it. And granted, there's a bunch of misses, but again, that's where I think his whole strategy is just keep bringing guys in. It's just a revolving door. The Packers picked up this guy. Why? I don't know. They dumped this guy. They brought in this guy. I don't know. 
Well, that was stupid. Yeah, yeah, stupid. Not a big deal. We're just kind of messing around. And then somebody hits and it's like, yep, got one. Put him on, put him on the team. Dump this guy. Done deal. And by the end of the year, we just picked up three guys that are just killing it. Or like last year when you get Razul Douglas and um, Devondre Campbell, who are just castaways, and it's like, yeah, we'll see how it goes, and they're just dominant. And now they're going to make a massive amount of money because of Brian Gutekunst's ability to identify talent, not just talent generally, but talent that will fit on this particular team with this scheme and these coaches. Also, massive round of, of applause to these coaches. Joe Barry made those guys rich. Joe Barry took Devondre Campbell, a guy who had no prospect of making any money, and made him a guy that just got bank from the Packers. Joe Barry helped take Razul Douglas and turn him from a practice squad castaway to an absolute stud who is seemingly going to get massively paid again by the Packers. And again, now that we're rich, I don't super care. I'm still kind of like, please don't just stick Jair in the slot. Don't do that to me. But am I really going to get upset about Razul Douglas being on the team and Eric Stokes and, and, and Jair Alexander having three quality corners on it. No, I'm 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 I promise you I'm not going to just keep complaining about three really good players. I'm just I'm concerned about how this is all going to work, kind of like I'm concerned about the cap sometimes, but I'm just going to let it happen. If it doesn't, I'm not going to be mad if it does. Nice. Just nice. Um the family thing we got to do, I've got to leave in about an hour and 20, so I got to make sure that I get this all good and wrapped up. Um the only really new things one is kind of just a, well, There's, I guess there's three. My, my son came down and talked to me. He's still very upset about Devontae. He's not, you know, he's not sad. He, he said he was angry, whatever. His arms were folded the whole nine yards. But um, I don't usually watch, like, you know, ESPN-y type stuff. But I decided to turn it on because they were talking about the Packers. So we just sat down here at my computer with YouTube TV, just popping it up. Free plug for YouTube TV. Got to stop giving away free, man. But anyways, um, they were talking about it, and... The one thing I noticed is there is a narrative emerging. And and you you got to expect the media to do this because again, it's all about how what kind of a drama can we spin up to make this a thing. And and as soon as they started talking, I said, there it is. That's the new thing. They are literally taking the entire Aaron Rodgers drama and everything they said about Aaron Rodgers and and all the anger and angst and how much he hated this team, they're applying that a hundred percent to to Devontae. I mean, just literally all the way down to the part where the team is screwed now because Devontae was the whole team. This, I'm, I'm not kidding you. This is the narrative that I just sat here and listened to and eventually had to just turn off. I'm like, sorry, dude, you got to go upstairs. I'm not listening to this garbage anymore. I don't remember the guy's name. And, and the other guy that they kicked it to kind of brought it back to reality a little bit in terms of, look, it's still a playoff team. They're still the third best NFC team, which even that is up for debate. But at least he gave him that much respect because the guy before him was like, this, this team is doomed now. But I mean, it's just all the way down the line, right? He left because Aaron Rodgers hated the team and he saw that and he saw how this team, he, he talked about how the team wouldn't go out and get weapons and that's why he left. I mean, it's like, come on, man. you're not even trying, you're copy and pasting everything about the Aaron Rodgers drama over the last three years and just, you know, find and replace Rodgers with Devante. You know what I mean? So just be prepared. That is the narrative that seems to be brewing and and you gotta you gotta expect them to have one because they need something to to fight about scream about they need some reason to get packer fans whipped up get all those clicks retweets all that all that kind of stuff and so they're gonna lay heavy into the the drama that you know Devonte left because this team is toxic and because he doesn't like it here just like rogers doesn't like it here and Devonte witnessed what rogers went through and he doesn't want to be a part of this this group anymore and 
all that stuff. That's that's just going to continue. And the other thing you're going to hear is this team is doomed now. Now what do they do? Like we, we spent all this time talking about what is this team without Rodgers, and really we should have been talking about Devontae. This team is nothing without Devontae. They, they don't have any premier talent, which, of, of course, again, you know what I'm going to This is so – first of all, Aaron freaking Rodgers is still our quarterback. We have David Bakhtiari. We have Elton Jenkins at least at some point. We, I mean, the offensive line needs a little work, but you compare it to the 32 other teams, you don't look at this line and go, this is a terrible offense. You don't do that. In fact, in the NFC North, it's still probably the best offensive line, even with Elton Jenkins kind of being iffy. I mean, you, you, could, you can argue it, but it's pretty close. So don't give me that garbage. Um, I would take our backfield over probably any other backfield. Dalvin Cook cannot stay on the field. We've got the one-two punch. They have a, you know, 0.75 punch. It's a good punch when it goes, but it just doesn't go very often. The Bears have a guy, but he's not as good as our duo. And they can't really get it going quite as well because they don't have a passing threat and they don't have an offensive line. And the Bears, I mean, and the Lions, I mean, just give me a break about everything about that team. So uh, probably one of the best offensive lines, by far the best quarterback, best running back duo. Uh, wide receivers? No, we, we don't. Uh, the Bears at least have one guy that's better than anyone we have. The Vikings by far have a better group. And even the Lions have a better wide receiver with Amon Ra probably at this point than we have. So that stinks. But guess what we're about to do? We're about to go into free agency and get a guy, which is going to bring us up to at least in competition with two of those three teams. Are we where the Vikings are? No. Do I care? No. Why? Because we're not done yet. I haven't mentioned our defensive line or our pass rushers or our linebacker or our corners and safety. Who's got the best defensive line? The Bears have Larry Ogunjobi. <laughs> the Lions have not had anyone along a defensive line in like 10 years. Trey Flowers is the only guy they've had in I don't know how long, and they just let him go finally. I forgot he was even on the team. I thought they let him go like 10 years ago. I don't, I don't know why 10 years is stuck in my head. It's just, a, it's just a good slap in the face number today, I guess. The Vikings, I don't even know who's left on their team. They did pick up, pick up like a fill-in guy on top of losing Pierce and everything else, but they don't have much. They don't have Kenny. Pass rushers. Um, I would take Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith over anybody else that's out there. Again, the Lions have nobody. The Vikings do have Daniil for the time being. And again, he now has to be apparently an outside linebacker. So best of luck with that. And you're also switching schemes on uh, Robert Quinn, which again, he's done both. But you're taking a guy that had a resurgent career and saying, okay, great job with standing up. Now stick your hand in the dirt 24-7. So yeah, I'm taking the Packers pass rushers. How about linebacker? Well, the best linebacker in the NFC North last year just re-signed. Again, I expect regression, but even so, who do the Vikings have? Well, they have Kendricks, but he didn't have a great year last year. The, the Bears have Roquan. He's more athletic, but he's not as good. Again, um, overrated. And the Lions, give me a break. Corners, don't even talk to me. Bears corners are a joke. The Lions corners are a joke. The Vikings corners are a joke. The Packers have maybe the best cornerback group in football. Safeties, Adrian Amos is the best safety. The Vikings got a pretty good safety too, but I would still take the Packers safeties. Harrison Smith is getting old. I mean, I'm talking real old. I mean, Adrian Amos is getting old, but not he's not Harrison Smith old. We're talking about to brush 30 compared to like, what, 34 so, you know, the point is, don't let them get you all whipped up. This is, this is what they're going to do. This is the new narrative, whatever. I, I heard it, and I just thought, you got to be, you guys have no shame whatsoever. This is embarrassing. But it makes sense when you just know how they are. It's like, no, that, that, actually, that actually makes a lot of sense, because you guys are just that stupid. Um, and we'll see how far they want to take that. Maybe that's just one guy who's trying his hand at it, and, and that's, they're going to back off it. But I, I would doubt it. I think that's going to be the offseason thing of, 
you guys are, although I, I will say this, the Packers are going to go out and they're going to, I mean, again, we, we have a lot of cap space and I, one of the Adam Schefter was on prior to these guys coming on and, and that's more relevant. I know Adam Schefter is not very popular among Packer fans. However, he still is an insider for whatever that's worth. He's, he's, he's a, he's a drama guy and he embellishes and he does some stuff that we don't like, but he is an insider. And what he said is they are working to get a deal done with Razul Douglas. That is happening. He said, guaranteed, they will be adding a wide receiver. They're just trying to gauge the best one, the best value, all of that stuff, which I'm sure they've been doing work on. It sounds like this would sound like it was going to go sideways, and I'm sure they've been doing work on this for a while. By the way, the other narrative that everybody's freaking out about is how stupid they are to wait because we missed out on Allen Robinson. Why do you think we wanted out? Since when did Allen Robinson become this elite wide receiver? Did anybody watch last year when Allen Robinson was like number two on his own team? And that team was the Bears. How are you number two of anything on the Bears? And, and again, if we had signed him, it'd be like, well, you know, you, you hope that that was a down year just because everybody had a down year on the Bears because nobody wanted to be there, right? That's what I said about maybe Eddie Goldman had his one down year and Akeem Hicks had a down year and Allen Robinson had a down year because everybody was literally, literally begging to get off the team. Akeem Hicks was literally begging a team to come get him off the team last year. Once he realized that wasn't going to happen and he knew he needed a contract because he was like, crap, I'm kind of... I don't want to be stuck with it. Then he goes to the Bears and he's like, oh, I want to be here forever. I love you guys. And as soon as the season ended, he's like, get me out of here. 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 It's a disaster over there. We talk about the Packers and how he wanted to force his way off. Aaron Rodgers decided to come back. He had every ability to leave. He chose not to. I mean, again, just within the division, Stephon Diggs forced his way off the team and went to another team, forced his way off. Everybody is forcing their way off the Chicago Bears. And how many things have we heard about the Detroit Lions and guys forcing their way off the team? Who was it? Snacks Harrison had that hilarious story where when he became a free agent, the Lions called and he refused to pick up the phone. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not doing that. No chance. He played there for a year, played terribly, and then forced his way off. Remember Rob Gronkowski? He got a phone call that said, you've been traded to the Lions. He said, you can't trade me because I retired. And they're like, oh, crap. And then they canceled the trade. And then he went and played for Tampa. <laughs> he, quote unquote, unretired. <laughs> and we're talking about how nobody wants to play for this team. We got Russell Wilson forced his way off of Seattle. And we're still going to pretend that John Schneider is a great GM. And, and apparently Gutekunst is some, some monster. Russell's been trying to force his way off that team for at least three years now. See, I didn't say 10 that time. You got Baker Mayfield right now saying, trade me. I don't want to be here anymore. Now, granted, that's just the Browns being stupid. And by the way, good for Baker. He holds every single key right now. Now, granted, I mean, the Browns just have to say, no, we're not trading you. But I mean, the Browns essentially, again, I don't want to get away. This is big news. We'll stick with the Packers. But I'm just I'm just painting a picture that the idea that the Packers are some pariah, there's some leper colony is ridiculous. It's, it's the only team that I see this level of spin where you have a team that is this good, one of the best teams consistently for 30 years, every single year. It's the easiest bet every year to just say the Packers are a good team, and they refuse. They, they're stuck. They're so stupid with how stubborn they are. They, they started saying back in 2015, 16, 17, this team is no good anymore. Rodgers is overrated. And they've never had the ability to just come back and go like, you know what? They're actually pretty good. And it's, you don't even have to admit you were wrong because you know what? You were right back then. Now you change your opinion back to they're back. They're good. Duh, duh, duh. Right? Lamar Jackson and the Ravens are an elite team because they can't let that go. But the Packers, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not hard. They're a really good team. Just say it. It's okay. At some point, this became personal. I don't know when. But it did. 
They've got a vendetta against Rodgers, and this goes back prior to COVID. It's not just about that. This goes back beyond that. That that adds to it, their level of disdain for Aaron Rodgers. But they hate Brian Gutekunst. They hate the fans. They just hate everything about Green Bay. And I, it's just, it's so ingrained now. They'll never be able to acknowledge, you know what, this is a good team. This is a great team. Brian Gutekunst has done a great... Whatever. I'm not going to rehash the stupid day. I mean, they did, did they ever get credit for for going out and getting Zadarius Smith? Did they ever get credit for what they did with um, with Preston? Have they ever gotten credit for Adrian Amos, who is probably still, I would say, the most underrated player in the NFL? Have they ever been given, has Gutekunst ever been given credit for what he did with Razul Douglas and uh, Devondre Campbell? How about his drafting prowess, which we went over yesterday with the first and second round picks with almost everyone with the exception of Josh Jackson seemingly potentially being a complete stud. Verdicts out on Savage. We still have to see about Josh and uh, and Stokes, I guess, but so far the returns have been promising. But but again, the, the, the Cleveland situation, they're courting every single quarterback out there, and then they basically tell Baker, if none of these other quarterbacks work out, we'd love to stick with you. And he's like, you know what? I'm out of here. Screw you guys. And good for him. He should, because you know what? There's a lot of teams fighting for one guy, Deshaun Watson. You've got the Falcons, who are desperate for Deshaun Watson. You have Carolina, who just fell out of the quarterback race for Deshaun Watson. You have the Saints, desperate for Deshaun Watson. You got the the Seahawks, who apparently were in the race for a little bit, but are officially out at this point. All these teams desperate to go big time for a quarterback. And Baker is a good quarterback. He's not great. I mean, you're, you're talking... But but listen, look at what the Rams did. You're telling me Matt Stafford is elite? It's not about elite. It's about, I believe in my team, and if we can just get a, a guy in here, the Saints would be a good example. We still have a good enough team. If we could just get a guy in here, we got a chance. If we can do it with Broke Down Breeze or some of these other guys, we can do it with him. Go to a team that wants you, not a team that's, that's going to treat you like that. Forget you. I will not play here. You will trade me, period. There are a lot of teams who would kill for Baker, and the Browns are going to be like that. But But again, the Browns don't get treated like the Packers do. The Bears don't get treated like that. Look at Dallas. How many how many players are like, nah, I ain't going to Dallas, you kidding me? You had what, Randy Gregory worked out a deal and then somebody else offered him a deal. He's like, nope, oh, peace, I'm out of here. Nobody wants to go to Dallas. Nobody likes Dallas. Nobody wants to play for McCarthy. Nobody wants to play for, for Jerry. Nobody's killing to go to Dallas. But there's no Dallas narrative. There's no Detroit narrative. Houston. I mean, <laughs> granted, Houston gets beat up a little bit, but I mean, come on. Green Bay ain't like Houston. How about Indy? Indy gets massive amounts of credit. And you know what? They had one year where it was like, wow, this seems like a really competent team. They drafted really well. The defense, even despite the the holes, was doing unbelievable. The offense looked real good. It was a super promising team. Since that one year, they have completely imploded. Every move that they've made has been completely stupid. They have not been drafting very well. The team is imploding. Everything's falling apart. Carson Wentz trade was a complete joke. Everything they've done has been horrible, horrible, terrible garbage. Anybody want to talk about that? Anybody? No, because why? The media narrative on their GM is that he's a great GM, and they can't just change their mind and say, you know what? We messed up. He sucks. Jacksonville? Jacksonville? You kidding me? How about the drama in Kansas City? We're just giving up on that already. Devontae left. We got to go right back to the Packers or the pariah of the NFL. Massive drama in Kansas City. By the way, they're falling apart, as I predicted two years ago they would. They're getting worse every year. How about the narrative of Devontae's going to a garbage team? We want to start that narrative? Oh, no, we got to look at their weapons. They got this guy, this guy, this guy. Now, Derek Carr's stat. Okay, talk to me about a couple other things. Outside of these supposedly elite wide receiver weapons and Derek Carr, who you guys have hated since forever until today, let's talk about 
their defense. How about their uh, the fact that they don't really even have a coaching staff or the fact that their front office is a joke or any of those kinds of things? Nothing? Okay. The Giants, the Dolphins with all their drama, the Eagles, the Seahawks, the Jets, the Steelers who don't have a quarterback, Washington. But yeah, but the Packers are a joke. Okay. All right. I get it. The Packers don't have any talent anymore. Okay. 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 Anyways, um, oh wait, there, there what were a couple other things um, as far as narratives? Oh yeah, the other narrative is among fans that the last dance thing was actually talking about Devontae. I'm not really buying it, but I don't care enough to fight you on it. The only thing, I, I think they knew, and they even said it was just kind of a stupid thing, and we always attribute way too much like forethought into this. I don't think Devontae 100% knew. I think at the time, probably Devontae and Rodgers both felt like they didn't want to be there anymore, and Rodgers kind of came around to it. But I don't think Devontae ever 100% knew he was leaving. He just knew he didn't really want to be there very much. And I think Rodgers was in the same boat. And so they just kind of threw up a stupid thing for fun. And, and things developed over time to the point to where we are now. I don't think it was ever like this big thing where Rodgers was planning to come back. But this whole thing was about Devontae, though. I, I'm just, I'm not, I don't know. You know, I love a good conspiracy theory. But in all honesty, do I think that was like the plan since it? No, I don't. Maybe, if anything, we learned a little bit more about how much Devante was unhappy. That's that's the main crux of it, but I'm not necessarily buying it. The other final thing, and this is what Ryan had sent me. Let me just get the full thing here. This via Ian Rappaport. Final thought for now on the Devante Adams trade. His agent, Frank Bauer and Kenny Chapman, agents, confirmed that the Packers offered more money than the contract he'll sign in Las Vegas. First of all, there was a guy yesterday, blue check mark and everything. He wanted to sound all smart, saying the Packers absolutely didn't didn't offer as much. The Packers just want to sound like um, they they care, but they didn't. That was obviously him just speculating, and he was wrong. Devontae Adams' agents confirmed the Packers did, in fact, offer more money. I'll tell you what. You guys know I love Brian Gutekunst. This is the first time I'm starting to doubt the guy. I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious about that. You're going to offer more than $28 million to Devontae. I'm having my doubts. He needs to just freaking calm down a little bit. I'm glad he's not Ted Thompson. I love Ted Thompson. I'm glad he's not that stingy. I'm glad he's willing to go all in. It, it gives you goosebumps around this time right now. When you see $22 million, again, Ted always had $20 bucks. That was just, you know, between, let's say, 18 and 25. That was just his, that's just where he lived. You know, we spent a bunch of money on a bunch of premier talent. We had 20, but we weren't going to get anything out of the 20000000 million. We'd get a couple guys, and they were going to be low-end guys, and they would hardly ever contribute. He didn't care very much about free agency. Let's just be honest. He wasn't very good at it, unless he took major swings you know, Charles Woodson, um, guys like that. Then he, you know, I mean, he he was able to hit on those, but otherwise he didn't care very much. This guy, he's going to go crazy. He's going to spend on big guys, and, and they're probably going to be very, very good because he cares about it and he does a good job with it. Um, but but he's taken it a little too far, a little too far. And and to be honest, this is actually more of a Ted Thompson-y thing to, to make sure you don't let these guys go, but but... Come on, guys. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're keeping the band together, and now I know for sure you weren't bluffing when you said Rodgers was never leaving. I f- fully get that. And this is something to stow in the back of our mind of who Brian Gutekunst is. If we have a good player, he will not let them go. Now, there's always, you know, the, the 31-year-old offensive lineman looking for another contract. We know what the Packers do with those guys. No, thank you. I mean, unless your name is David Bakhtiari, which, again, kind of an anomaly. They don't usually get those contracts. They're like, oh, no, we're, we're keeping them because this guy is just, he will not let good players walk. And I appreciate that, but again, this is way over the line, like stupid over the line for me. 
I mean, when he won't agree, again, if it's me, I'm clearly much more conservative than, than um, Brian Gutekunst is. If, if, if I'm offering you $25 million, and I'm talking real money, $25 million in real, actual contract money, like not entirely fully guaranteed, but, you know, real contract, and you're saying, no, I want 28 and there's offers coming in for $28, i am sorry. I, at that point, I'm already done. I'm already done at that point. The The idea that the Packers were willing to offer him, which as somebody else pointed out, this is not just highest wide receiver money. This is the highest contract for any non-quarterback. Again, as I talked about two days ago now, how stupid this whole thing is. Or maybe it was yesterday because, yeah, anyways. Wide receivers, I mean, he he didn't he didn't set the wide receiver market. He broke the wide receiver market. And maybe it was DeAndre Hopkins that did it, but... The fact that the Raiders officially, officially broke it now, wide receiver has leapfrogged edge rusher and left tackle. And it may have reset the entire market because you got edge rushers going, you think I'm going to get paid less than a freaking wide receiver? You're out of your mind. I don't care if I'm the ninth best edge rusher. You're going to pay me less than a wide receiver? Nope. You know what I mean? Like, what does that do to the market? I mean, at the end of the day, it is what it is. I mean, you're only, each position should be a percentage of the salary cap. You know, quarterbacks roughly get, you know, at, at, at the peak, we're talking 20%, you know, and it is, so I don't think you can reset the market because it can only go up. So it can only go up with the cap. You can't supersede the cap. So I don't know, but, but, but it was just, it, it's, it's a complete anomaly. I, I can't remember too many times where something like this has happened. It, it, I'm sure it has, but this is, this is insane, and the right thing to do was to trade him, and it just scares me to death. The fact that Devontae essentially saved us. It wasn't Brian Gutekunst. I can't even get him, give him credit for this, because apparently we offered him more, and Devontae says, no thank you. Now, um, continuing on with Ian's thing here, uh, he says, simply it was his lifelong dream to be with the Raiders. Now, this is maybe, again, that sort of spin that we're talking about. Maybe it's true that he really hated it here. I don't know, but... The, the way to think about it, and this is how Ryan phrased it, and, and I'm completely fair with it. Let's, I'm, I'm willing to take him at his word here. Let's just pretend you're an NFL football player. You made a massive amount of money. You've had a great time, and you've been playing for, let's just say, I don't know, the Chiefs, right? Real good football team. You haven't won a Super Bowl. You would have if you were on the Chiefs, but I'm just saying. Let's just, just pretend with me for a second. You're playing for the Chiefs. You've been a really good team for a long time. Um but you're a lifelong Packer fan. You always have been. And the Packers are willing to offer you an unbelievably massive, stupid contract for $28 million, right? $28 million. And your college buddy is your quarterback. You know, a guy that you've been friends with, you still vacation with, you guys still hang out, your, your wives are, are best friends or whatever. And, and the dream of all dreams, to finish your career a Green Bay Packer as, as the, one of the richest, highest contracts of anybody, the richest of any non-quarterback. And you get to finish your career as a Green Bay Packer. And the Chiefs come back and they're like, look, I'll give you 29. How about that? It's like, you know, I love you guys. I love the Chiefs. I love the organization. But um, I'm being offered the opportunity to, to be a Green Bay Packer, which has always been a dream of mine, and to be with one of my best friends who is my quarterback. I got to do this. I have to take this opportunity to just, to just be able to experience this. I don't know if it's to that level, but I'm going to let him have that. Again, I hope Rodgers doesn't believe it, but I'm going to choose to believe it. Good for him. He gets to go just live his absolute best life. And again, good for him because I will take that compensation all day long. Not losing $30 million and getting $20 million. That's a pretty big swing. We're talking a $30 million swing between, you know, 30 and zero. Yeah, I'm, I'm 
I'm very good with this. Not even including the draft picks. Oh my goodness. That's it. So here's what I want to do. Again, I got to kind of hurry this up here. We're going to take a break. And when I come back, what we're going to do is something I don't think we've done yet. I'm going to do a live mock draft. And the only reason is I have not looked at this since we've gotten these picks. And I kind of just want to think it through with you live. I just want to think it through. I just want to look at it and be like, I don't know, dude, maybe this, maybe that. And you guys can even comment. This is what I used to do with my NFL mock draft channels. I would do a mock draft and I would get crucified in the comment section, but I would take all that as notes. I would literally go through my notes. So the next time I did a mock, I would look up, I would go to the comment section and I would type in bears and I would look at all the bears comments. And I would even tell them, if you're going to make a comment about the team, make sure you put the team name in there because I'm going to use this as notes. And they'll say things like, you know, this guy got, you know, it would, it would of course be completely rude because YouTube is ruthless, but it'd be like you effing moron. So-and-so was injured last year. It's like, okay, well, note to self, this guy was hurt and he'll be back. You know what I mean? Stuff like that so that it, you can c- continue to refine it. And I want to do that now. I want to kind of live look through this, think through this, and then you guys can comment, give me feedback, et cetera, and we'll, we'll, we'll get this thing rocking here. But we're going to take a break. We'll do that on the other side of the break. By the way, last final thing, I want to say welcome back to a lot of Packer fans. I've got two messages today, two messages within 20 minutes of each other, and I promise you if two people message me, that means we're talking about 200, 2,000, who knows. Two messages within 30 minutes or so of each other saying, um, I'm back, this is my first time, doing anything football-related, my first time listening to a podcast since the Packers lost. Remember, there there is a large... Conti- I mean, I got a bunch of messages after that game like, look, man, I'm, I'm really sorry, but I, I need a break. I need to just go away. Apparently, today's the day they're coming back. It wasn't when Rodgers resigned. It was the day Devontae said, I'm out of here. We got a bunch of money. We got a bunch of picks. And the thing is, I've been asking, and I got to do a poll here. I promised somebody I would. Um, I was curious how people are going to feel about this. There's no question this has energized the fan base. There's no question about it. When people see that we have all these picks, when people see we have all these this money, it's crazy because it's like we're keeping the band together and we've already hit the reset button. Our cap is fine. Now, that's not to say, again, in the future, there might be a little bit of tightness, but our cap is in a much better spot and we're loading up for the future and we didn't even have to get rid of Rodgers to do it. We have Rodgers for two, maybe three more years and we have picks and we have money. Yeah, the fan base is energized. Love you, Devante. Wish you the best, but we are freaking pumped. So again, welcome back to all the Packer fans that took a break. You were absolutely missed. I hope you're feeling better. Let's get excited. Let's get fired up for this 2022 2022 season. We've got lots of reasons to be excited. We'll take a break. We're doing a mock on the other end of this. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, let's get this rocking and rolling. There's 
a little line that I just said to somebody. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch it to you as well. Um, Jeremy was messaging me. Um, different. There's a lot of Jeremys, but he's ex- he said he's excited, but there's no question we took a step back, and that's true. We did, but only for now. Again, we've got 20 million dollars to spend. Let's call it 10 to 15 million. I think. Uh, well, let's call it 10 to 15, regardless. And we've got a bunch of picks. And 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 my my final kind of note on it was, I don't think we can upgrade wide receiver. And maybe we can, and you can argue with me about that, but we, we, you can't replace Devontae. But here's the thing, even if we can't upgrade wide receiver, we absolutely can upgrade this team. We absolutely can. There's no question we can make this team overall a much more dominant force. And that's really what we're after. Everybody's stuck on wide receiver. Everybody can't get their head off a of wide receiver as though that's the most important position in football. It's not. You don't need to have Devontae Adams to win football games as evidenced by every other team that won football games, including teams that beat us in the playoffs and won a Super Bowl, right? The goal isn't to have the best wide receiver in football. The goal is to have the best team in football. And we are in a better position now to have a better team. Better position now than if we had signed Devontae to have a better team. Not a better wide receiver, but a better team. We are in a better position today. Anyways, moving on. By the way, the freaking AFC West, dude. You want to talk about the ultimate arms race? And I love it because they're spending all their money and all their draft capital and all this stuff. And all they're doing that for is to bludgeon each other. I mean, granted, there's probably going to be a really good team that emerges out of that, but that's just crazy. I love to see. And we have nothing to do with it. It's AFC. Go off, go for it. Knock yourself out. Anyways, let's go ahead and do this. Um, no, let's, I was going to say, let's do a recap of who the player. I'm, I'm just going to do the first two rounds. That's it. Because we don't need to go any further than that. I'm going to take it real slow just so we can kind of walk through these guys. So you got the Jaguars up first. As it stands, presumably they're going to be taking uh, either Aiden Hutchinson or an offensive lineman. I'm going to keep it at seven rounds just because it gives you the ability to trade. I'm not really planning on trading, but, you know, we'll see how it goes with uh, everything going on. But, uh, yep, Jaguars end up taking Aiden Hutchinson. And, again, a lot of these guys don't really matter. But remember, we do have the potential to trade up potentially into the top ten. So it's interesting to kind of keep an eye on this. Kayvon Thibodeau goes number two. Kyle Hamilton, the safety to the Texans, goes number three. Um goes four. These are the guys that you expect are not going to be available around ten-ish anyways. New York Giants take Evan Neal, the offensive tackle. Charles Cross, another offensive tackle, goes six. Um, and this is kind of interesting, too, because... You know, I don't expect them to trade up, and I don't really want them to trade up, but if they did, who would they go up for? It's a guy like Trayvon Walker, who just went number seven to the Giants, or a guy like an offensive tackle. I mean, it it has to be a premium position. Has to be. And no, I don't mean quarterback. So we're talking the edge rushers like Hutchinson, Thibodeau. We're talking tackles like Iquanu, Neal, Cross, um, edge rusher Trayvon Walker, um, Malik Willis, quarterback, went to the Seahawks, which is another kind of a new thing. Derek Stingley, by the way, went to the Falcons. Ahmad Gardner, cornerback, which we're not trading up for a quarterback. Cornerback goes to the Jets. Garrett Wilson, wide receiver. I do not expect to trade up for a wide receiver. I mean, I maybe we draft a wide receiver, which again is not a requirement, and I refuse to let anybody be a downer. They don't have to take a wide receiver in the first round. It's not a requirement. I don't care what your I don't care what you think, and I don't care what the media thinks. It's not a requirement. Again, it's not a, a question of having the best wide receiver. It's a question of having the best team. Anyways, trying to get caught up, although it keeps shooting me downward, so I can't look anymore. Garrett Wilson to Washington. Um, David Ajabo to the Vikings. That's not worth trading up for, in my opinion. Um, Jordan Davis would maybe be worth it, but I don't think so, to the Browns. Trevor Penning, another offensive tackle that's potentially, and again, if you trade the other two picks... The um, the two that we got from the 
Raiders. I'm trying not to get to all these teams confused that I'm staring at. Uh, we get to about 14, which is where Trevor Penning is at. So that's kind of in that range. Um, you've got, oh, did they even, they didn't update it yet. Crap. All right. Well, it was nice talking about it. I got to find a simulator that is actually up to date here. Come on, man. You're killing me. All right, we're switching over to the uh, Pro Football Network, and I'm not going to go through all the different picks because we kind of just went through all that. Um, but again, we, we have the potential to get up into that 10-ish range. Looking at this particular mock, um, in that range, let me just let this run out because it keeps kicking me down so I can't look at it. And eh, that, that, Matt Corral just went. So we've got a trade offer. Uh, pick 25. I don't know, I'm not going to accept this because I don't want to do this live. We've got another trade offer, another trade offer. I don't care. We'll deal with that on a different day. So in the 10-ish, so 8 to, to whatever, at pick 8 is Trayvon Walker. Now, I know a lot of people would not necessarily be super high on that. Um, again, keeping the picks is my favorite option. But if you're going to trade up, Trayvon Walker is one of the guys that you look at. He is an absolute freak, Rashawn Gary type guy. Preston obviously isn't going to be around forever, so you, it's maybe worth it. As I said, offensive tackles also. Garrett Wilson went seven here, so that's kind of no thank you. Uh, Carl Loftus went 10. I'm not that big on it. Zion Johnson went 11. I'm not trading up for a guard, but that's that's a guy that I really like that I would rather if he ends up falling to us. Jordan Davis, as I mentioned, is another option. I just don't like, I mean, he he hasn't proven to be a pass rusher in, in college football. And, I, and again, I know that there are guys like Sam are going to want to fight me on that, and that's fine. I'm just I'm just talking strictly on production. I'm not talking about it. Obviously, he's got speed and power and all that, so it should be able to translate, and maybe it's just the way they used him, et cetera, et cetera. I'm just looking at the numbers, and the numbers are not good. That's all I know. Um, Charles Cross, Trevor Penning, these are potential trade-up candidates. Otherwise, I don't see much. Kenny Pickett, the quarterback, went at 18. Matt Corral went 20. David Ojabo went one pick before us. So we're, as we're sitting here, what are our options? This is pick 22. Obviously, trade back is an option. You know I wouldn't hate that because I'll take all the picks I can get. But at the top of this particular board, we have Chris Olave. That would be every Packer fan's favorite pick. As I mentioned, it's not my favorite pick. I, I did some, um, and I've been slacking on it. I actually forgot that I've been slacking on it. But on Patreon, I'd been doing a bunch of wide receivers. And um, I don't even want to call them anything fancy, but it's just more or less my opinion. I like Chris Olave. I think he can be a, a decent wide receiver. I don't know that he's like a Devontae, and I don't just just mean in terms of, of like his ability to be Devontae. I just mean like a true number one X receiver. I don't know for sure that I buy it. I think he's, you know, if we had Devontae and we added Olave, I'd be all for it. I just don't know that I buy him as a true number one. So I don't think I would take him in this spot. Devin Lloyd, whatever he is, I'm not taking a linebacker here. We just signed a linebacker. It's not that we couldn't use another one, but let's worry about that a little bit later. Uh, cornerback Andrew Booth, no chance. Safety Daxton Hill is a is a maybe. Wide receiver Drake London. Again, I see him more as sort of a, a not gadgety, but more of a number two type of guy. It's not to say he can't be or Chris Olave can't be. If we were talking maybe second pick or even second round, I'd be much more happy about it. Nakobe Dean, linebacker out of Georgia. Another cornerback, another cornerback. Kenyon Green, offensive guard, is available. There's also Traylon Burks, who I like, but again, I'm still not entirely sure about his ability to be that guy. Um, the only guy that I've seen so far that I feel like, even if his talent isn't the most elite in the world, that just has that wide receiver one feel to him, is George Pickens. And he's sitting there at 60, so... Granted, I mean, it's something that the Packers maybe would do, but I certainly don't have to do that today, so I'm not really worried about it. Um, so as we sit here today, we've got, if we're taking wide receiver, Olave, 
and London probably aren't going to make it to our next pick. Traylon Burks very well could, but I also just don't feel the sting to do it. I mean, I, I don't know that I wouldn't be happy, as happy with Christian Watson, George Pickens, uh, Traylon Burks as I would be with Olave and uh, London. So I just, I don't feel the pressure to do that at tight end. Trey McBride's probably the top guy, not the top on this list, but I don't care. Trey McBride, I think is the top guy. Certainly not taking him here. Offensive tackles, Bernard Raymond, he's 65 on this this list, so he probably makes it, but that's an option, I think, at this spot. Premium position, incredibly important. Um, Again, offensive guard, you've got guys like Kenyon Green. And offensive line, I think, still is my number one priority. And again, some of this, we got to see what they end up doing in free agency, but, you know, so what? We're just playing with it. Defensively, looking at defensive tackles, I'm not uh, defensive line, Perry and Winfrey, Devontae Wyatt, DeMar, uh, that's, I think, an edge rusher, but whatever. It's the other thing about these simulators is they give positions that I don't really think are correct. Uh, edge rusher, Boye Mafe, Drake Jackson, Sam Williams, linebackers we already talked about, corners, I don't care, and then safety again. Um, Daxon Hill, Lewis Seen, and Jaquan Brisker are also options. So, I mean, the the hard part is, on these mock drafts, you generally want to take the top guys because you assume these are the best guys, but I'm obviously not going to do that. Um, offensive line is just incredibly important to me, but I also want to make sure that at this pick, it, I mean, we traded, it has to be a premier player. Unless this guy is a stud, I just don't want him. And that, that is one of the reasons why Olave is a consideration because he just fits that mold. It's not just positionally we need a tackle, so I'm taking a tackle. He's got to be a stud. And that's my concern with Bernard Raymond because it's like, well, he was a stud. Yeah, but he played for Central Michigan, man. And I'm sorry, that just makes me nervous. They also have Tyler Smith really high on this list um, out of Tulsa. But again, I don't, I just, I don't know how to evaluate Tulsa, you know? So I think I'm going to end up being real Packersy here and just finding a guy that's a good player, even if he's expected to not be super great in this spot. One of the guys I've got circled right now is, is George's Devontae Wyatt, uh, defensive tackle. On this list, they have him 37th, which would make him a, a second round prospect. But um, I mean, you've got, first of all, Georgia defenders are always just premium, right? That's what we did last year. Great defense. You assume this is a plug and play, and as far as week one, he's right next to Kenny, 6'3", 315. Four years at Georgia, been great all four years, had a big spike. He's been 70s all the time, and then it gets a 90 in 2021. Basically 10% pressure rate. He had four sacks, but that's not, I mean, great pass rush. He had an 84 overall grade, just the statistics weren't quite as high. But still, the numbers aren't bad, but then 82 overall run defense. So just well-rounded pass rush and run defense, the whole package. Um and it fits the premium enough category. Not, you know, it's not edge, tackle, quarterback, whatever, but it's premium enough. Uh, Drake Jackson out of uh, USC makes sense. There's also Boye Mafe, but he's a, a, a defensive end. I don't know if he can stand up or not. But uh, Drake Jackson, 26 pressures on 179 attempts, six sacks. Um, again, 70, 71, and then 82.3 had a massive uh, boom. And that was entirely his pass rush grade, which was an 88.3. Just absolutely mm-hmm. tore it up. The other guy that's listed as the second corner or safety on this list is Lewis Seen. I kind of like a little bit more than Daxton Hill. Um, again, Georgia defender, 6'1", 200, which is like the, I don't know, every safety in the world is 6'1", 200. I don't know how it's so like exact, but again, 73, 72, and then a big boom of 82.4 overall grade, elite, elite tackler. We're talking Devondre Campbell level tackler. Run defense has always been elite, but he also had an 81.4 coverage grade. Uh, one touchdown, one pick, seven pass breakups, 80.7 overall grade on that. Real high consistency, which I love, not just on a year-to-year basis, but um, his only bad game was against Alabama. Otherwise, his next was a 59, so basically a 60. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 of his games were 70 and above. So 
consistency on a great team, going up against great competition. You've got consistency over years. You've got a good, great run defender, great tackler, solid in coverage. Again, only one bad day in coverage, um, only one-ish below a, uh, a 60, which was also Charles Southern, whatever that is. But I'm also a really big fan of Jaquan Brisker, who is big shocker, 6'1", 200 pounds. And I think both of these guys are, and I shouldn't draft this way, but I think both of these guys are available in my next pick. I just don't want anybody that's not going to be available. Like of all the guys, like I, I don't want Alave. I don't want Devin Lloyd. I don't want Andrew Booth. I don't want Daxton Hill. I don't want really want Drake London. I don't hate Drake London. I just don't want to take him here. I would rather have the guys I listed than these guys. Uh, Nicobe Dean, Kyer Alam, Trent McDuffie, Kenyon Green. I don't, I just don't want them. And the next highest guy that's on the list of guys that, although the other guy, I don't know what to do. I guess I, I you know, I got to stick to what I want to do, which is just take the guys that I want and not worry as much about who's available and who's not available. Let me just take one look at Chris Olave here. 6'6", 188, he's so small. I just don't see it, dude. I don't see any way the Packers make this the pick to replace Devontae. I mean, granted, because it, it is the replacement of Devontae. Just, it just seems so unlikely to me. He had a 79 overall grade. Um, about He had one, two, three, four, five, six good games. Six good games. Otherwise, it was a 60 against Nebraska, 60 against Akron, 59 against Tulsa, 56 against Indiana, 56 against Penn State, 56 against Michigan, 936 yards, 13 touchdowns. He's small. He's inconsistent. Um, I mean, he's, his last three years have been great. I mean, he's got consistency over four years, but he actually had a down year in 2021 comparatively. Um, I just, I cannot fall in love with Chris Olave. I can't do it. Can't take a linebacker. Can't take a corner. I'm not taking Daxton. Drake London, maybe. 65210 is a little bit more reasonable. Um, 6570 and then 91.3, but that's such a jump it makes you nervous, especially since it was kind of an abbreviated season. Uh, he didn't play after week, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, eight, and nine is what he played, but just dominated. In in that brief period of time, he got 1,084 yards and seven touchdowns, 91.3 overall grade. Contested catch rate is uh, 68%. 22 missed tackles forced in that very brief period of time. 114.3 passer rating when targeted. I think if I'm taking a wide receiver, it's Drake. I just don't think I want to take Drake London here. Whatever. If I want to get... I'm really torn on on picking the players I like and picking the players that are going to be available. But I got to hurry up. So um, the only thing that's keeping me from drafting scene is that I know Jaquan Brisker is still going to be there. All right, I'm going to take Devontae Wyatt, defensive tackle out of Georgia. I like the pick. I, I like the positional value. I like what he does for our team. The Bears want to trade with me again. I'm not accepting any trades at this time. So now we're sitting at 28. Um, we missed out on Chris Olave, Devin Lloyd, Kair Alam, Brees Hall, and Andrew Booth. Again, I don't care about any of those. Everybody else still available. We have Drake London, so we can still potentially get that first-round wide receiver if we want to, but we don't have to. Um, we have two picks in the second round. Presumably, George Pickens, Christian Watson will still be there. However, everybody's going to be mad at me if I just allow that to happen. Um, Traylon Burks is also an option at this point. Also, if I go back-to-back defense, people are going to lose their mind. How dare you? But again, I just it's not that I want to do It's just I don't like anybody else. I'm, I'm not 100% sold on Drake London as far as, I mean, if I'm taking you in the first round, you are the Devontae replacement. I don't know if Drake London is a Devontae replacement. He hasn't done enough to prove that to me. I don't want to take an offensive guard like Kenyon Green. Traylon Burks, I don't know, man. Again, as a like premier number two, but I just don't know if he's like the guy. This might be a time to suck it up on a guy like Bernard Raymond. 
Raymond, not Raymond. But again, according to Pro Football Network, the next best guy is Tyler Smith, and he has like a mid-second round prospect. Bernardo Raymond, they have as a third round prospect. Not that they know everything, but it just, it just, you know, I, I don't want to take it just because we need the position. There's also that thing that makes you nervous where he played at Central Michigan was was kind of kind of just bad for two years and then became good in 2020 and then became elite in 2021. But again, I think in the interest of time, I do want to get some offensive help by the time the first round rolls around. I think wide receiver is not in a place of like, there's a guy that we have to get. Um, And I do think I'm just going to trust the fact that he can be as good as everyone's made. Plus, it's a position that I don't think I like anybody in the second. I shouldn't say I don't like, but it's like there's nobody I'm looking at like, oh, we can get that in the second round. So in the interest of making sure that we get somebody, although in this mock he may be available, I am going to take uh, Bernard Raymond as my second first-round pick. So we got Devontae Wyatt first, then Bernard Raymond. Again, everybody's going to be really mad about that. <laughs> and, and I think we're just going to be done because I have 14 minutes to uh, conclude this upload this, get upstairs, get changed, get the kids ready, get in the car, and that's going to be nearly impossible. Um, sorry it took me so long waffling around. The, the, the point is, this is why mock drafts are, are so hard, and everybody wants to make it seem like it's so simple. I mean, you critique the, you should have done this, should have done that. There, I just, I don't like any of the picks. I mean, I like all of them, but I don't love any of them. And and the, the real problem is we just don't have enough picks. You know, and if, and if, and if I had taken a wide receiver, or if I had taken you know, Alave or, or whatever the case may be, now we're in a position where we maybe just don't get a good defensive tackle or good edge rusher or good offensive tackle. And I don't want to go all in on that when you can get them in the second round or third round or whatever. And that has to be a consideration because it is a limited commodity. So again, that was that was my first time kind of trying to look at that. And um, I hate it because I guess I just overthink. That's the, that's the hardest part. That's why my draft channel has just completely imploded because it takes me two days to do a first round mock draft because I just, I put so much into it. And then everyone just trashes you anyways, because they, they think it's, it's simple. Just take uh, Olave. He's a lead. He's a freak. You just do that. Okay, whatever. I, I can't even talk to you people. But anyways, I do need to get going. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.